Welcome to the Gospel Project for Adults Weekly Leader Training Podcast. I'm Daniel Davis. This week we are on Unit 27, Session 3, titled The Risen King. After a grueling trial and gruesome crucifixion, the beaten, lifeless body of Jesus hung on the cross. With the nearness of Friday sundown and the Sabbath approaching, there was a rush to dispose of the deceased's body. Determined to honor their rabbi, some of Jesus' followers arranged to provide Jesus with a proper burial. But these friends didn't know that the borrowed tomb would only be needed for a very short time. Jesus would not be dead for long, just as he had foretold numerous times before. God was about to make his most powerful move yet to fulfill his promise to rescue his people. Jesus' resurrection from the dead on the third day is the linchpin of the Christian faith the proof that our salvation from sin has been accomplished. And so, Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection is news to be shared with the world. In point one, we look at people resisting the possibility of Jesus' resurrection. First, we look at the actions Joseph of Arimathea took to honor Jesus in death. Joseph obtained permission from Pilate to take the body of Jesus and bury him in his own newly hewn tomb. The commentary and sidebar on Leader Guide page 142 will provide some helpful information and context for Joseph of Arimathea's identity. After wrapping Jesus' body in linen and placing him in the tomb, a large stone was placed against the entrance. I can imagine this was done to protect the body from desecration by wild animals and potentially human beings. An interesting question follows this section in the Leader Guide and Daily Discipleship Guide. How can you put Jesus in a place of honor in your life? Of course, in the grand scheme of things, we aren't talking about entombing a dead body. But what are some of the ways we can honor the living Christ through our words and deeds? Next, we look at the people who actually resisted the possibility of Jesus' resurrection. The chief priests and the Pharisees. These leaders knew Jesus had prophesied his resurrection on the third day, but they didn't believe it. Yet they were still concerned about any plans and actions that might be taken by Jesus' disciples to make it seem as if Jesus did rise from the dead. So, with Pilate's permission, they took guards to stand watch over the tomb, and they set a seal on the stone that covered the tomb's entrance. With these measures, the Pharisees believed they eliminated any potential for fraud regarding Jesus' resurrection. But they also set up some of the means by which Jesus' resurrection could be verified. In point two, we look at people encountering the reality of Jesus' resurrection. Though the Pharisees tried hard to make sure no one got into the tomb, they could do nothing to prevent the exit of the resurrected Jesus. Nor could their official seal on the stone prevent an angel sent from God, from rolling that stone away from the entrance. The angel's action was less about letting Jesus out of the tomb, and more about revealing to the world that the tomb was indeed empty, and that Jesus had risen. In the days following his resurrection, Jesus would suddenly appear and disappear with ease in the presence of his disciples, sometimes even though they were behind locked doors. So the angel's actions and presence served to show to the women coming to the tomb that Jesus' body wasn't there because he was alive again. The angel's appearance was awesome and frightening, especially to the guards at the tomb. They became like dead men. 
but take note that the angel's purpose was not to draw attention to himself, but to point the witnesses to the place where Jesus had laid. The dead man had come back to life. In point three, we look at the call upon the women at the tomb to share the news of Jesus' resurrection. The brainstorm section at the top of leader page 146 will help keep your group participants engaged in the study and discussion. And the potential answers you may hear from the group will set up what it means to have the privilege to share the gospel of Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection with others. The first call upon the women at the tomb to share the good news of Jesus' resurrection came from the angel that God had sent. He told them to go tell the disciples not just that Jesus was raised from the dead, but that he was going to Galilee and would meet them there. So the women obeyed the angel and left in a hurry to do what they were told. But then a second call to the exact same task was placed upon the women. And this time, it wasn't from the angel, but from the risen Lord himself. From the angel, the women departed in fear and joy. But after their encounter with Jesus, it was just joy because Jesus told them not to be afraid. How amazing it must have been to see Jesus on that morning. Just moments before, his body lay lifeless in a dark tomb. But then he arose, never to die again, alive and glorified. Spiritual body, yet physical as well, as the women were able to take hold of his feet and worship him. That Jesus rose from the dead is proof that there is life after death as our key doctrine for this session points out. And because there is life after death, we should take seriously the call upon all of our lives to look forward to eternity and to call upon others with the proclamation of the gospel to join us on the good and faithful journey into forever with our Lord and Savior, the crucified and resurrected Christ. On Easter Sunday, God vindicated His Son's perfect sacrifice by raising him from the dead. Through faith in Jesus, we sinners are united to Christ and enabled by the Holy Spirit to share in the promise of being resurrected in Jesus' likeness. Sin's curse has been removed, death has been defeated, and we are assured of everlasting life with God. Because we believers worship a risen Savior who has raised us to new life, we should tell others the good news of Christ's victory over sin and death, that they too may trust in Jesus and receive resurrection life. Thanks for listening to this week's leader training for the Gospel Project for Adults. For more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com.